Blog Talk Radio. Hello, gang. Kaylin, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Hello, hello. All right. Well, I am here and we are in. I am not sure what is going on. So sorry. And we had Emily Stacy on the line, and then it looks like she is not able to call back in now either. Ladies on hold, not sure what happened. I guess, guys, it's Kaylin and I, and unfortunately, we lost Emily Stacy, who was the IPE physique pro, and I don't know what's going on tonight. I guess we'll blame it on the Rona. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. So give me one second here. And let me get to one place. Okay, see, Emily's going to try and call back in. So hold on. She's going to try and connect. In the meantime, I had a post back on my Facebook page a while ago talking about shows that were going to be postponed and or canceled, and I've been to uh, share that, and we haven't had a chance because we've had a ton of guests, but if I can get to that information, we can uh, talk through that for a little bit while we see if Stacy is able to jump back on. Oh, here we go. Wait, wait. Here. Wait. All right, Emily. Well, hallelujah. There we go. Hi. <laughs> yes. <Wow>. You are <laughs> here. Woo. I'm here. Can, right. can you guys hear me? Yes. Yeah, I can hear you. I, I am you know, so sorry, guys, but I don't know, not quite sure what we had going on here. And I know Kalen was waiting for me to respond to him and I was trying to do what I needed to do, and anyway, we lost enough time. We are all here. Thank you for joining us. So we're just going to forego the uh, the preliminaries that we usually do. So, Kaylin, we're going to have to be like a Mack truck through ice cream later. Emily, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to us and our listeners, and let's just get rocking and rolling from there. Okay. I love the energy level. Um, For one, thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm happy to be here, and most importantly, I'm honored to represent the natural bodybuilding community. And for all women everywhere, um, so my name is Emily Stacy. I currently reside in Clarksville, Tennessee. Um, I'm a mother of two kids, Jacob, who is six, and Emma, who is three. Um, I am a wife of a beautiful husband, an entrepreneur, and as of 2019, the world champion for IPE Women's Physique. Yes. Yeah. That is fantastic. That's a lot. That's, 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 it is that's a lot. Deal, it yeah. is a lot. It is. I mean, and all the things you've got going on, and you look fantastic um, as a women's physique competitor. And, you know, I know there's that Thank fine you. line. But I think you could rock and roll in women's bodybuilding as well. So maybe that's something to think about. No pressure. <laughs> Just throw it out no, there. No, thank maybe you. About thank you. Talk about that here in a little bit. But <clears throat> so I was doing a little lurking on social media, and I came across um, an interview that you had given. And you had made reference to back when you were younger that uh, you spent some time in a wheelchair. And how okay. that was kind of motivation motivation for you to, like, appreciate every single step that you can take. If you don't, don't mind uh, just sharing a little bit about that, um, about that experience and just growing through that and how that has led you to the place where you are today as a pro natural bodybuilding competitor. Um, I'd be happy to. It's it's quite a bit, so I'll I'll pretty much just touch upon how it started and how it ended very quickly. Um, I was nine years old, 
So um, I was just kind of coming into that beautiful, awkward stage that we all remember in elementary and middle school. And um, I actually got mono. And when oh, no. I got, got mono, yeah, my immune system completely shut down. Um, and at that time, the doctors had no idea really how to handle it or what to do. And they um, poked and prodded me and I got blood transfusions and the whole nine yards. And at that time, um, there were not a lot of testing for what I actually had. And what I had is going to sound like it's Chinese, but it was called um, Arnold's Chiari and uh, Guillain-Barre. So Guillain-Barre is an autoimmune um, disease that the majority of the people who have that are older, much older. It's immense physique. You cannot move. You cannot function. You cannot use your body the way that your body is supposed to be used. Um, Arnold Chiari is where the cerebellum of your brainstem taps into your spinal column and you lose sensation in your limbs. So what had happened was I lost sensation going down to my legs. Um, the easiest way for me to say it to, you know, um, I, I guess the viewers is I was, um, somewhat paralyzed for about two years. I had numbness in my legs and my feet started to turn in. So I had to wear braces. Um, and it's, I do have to say it's very difficult to talk about. Um, but it is most importantly empowering, uh, because it a hundred percent shaped who I am as a woman, as an athlete. Um, it just taught me to persevere. And that's the most important thing when you're just a human, not even a pro athlete, as a mother, as yes. a wife, a normal person, how to persevere through a difficult moment. So um, when I initially got over that, um, it took about three years. And then I learned how to walk again. Um, there, was, right. there was some, yeah, there were some mental difficulties. Um, I used to, and this sounds, to, this sounds very weird to say out loud. I used to actually hold on to the wall thinking the bare vertical wall would hold me up because I didn't think I could hold myself up. Um, yeah. So after, after that sickness, I started to use my legs again and do water therapy and learn how to walk again and ride a bike. And, um, you know, I was just a baby. I was just nine, 10 years old. And, you know, going into um, middle school and high school is difficult for me, but that is really what motivates me uh, in my everyday life. And most importantly, my workouts. Um, so that, that was just a time in my life that I kind of, I do not think about ever as an adult, but when things get difficult in my life, my, I guess my automatic psyche goes back to that moment where I'm like, it could always be worse. Yes. Yeah. I mean, indefinitely, definitely a moment of persevering and overcoming. So, um, you know, we've had a couple of questions, some listeners wondering what mono is and in simplest terms guys so mono is short for mononucleosis and it's um you know i'm not an expert on mono but i'm going to classify it as i believe it is a virus and emily you can correct me if i'm wrong and it you usually see it in younger people but mostly teens you know i guess yeah. nine and ten i'm not as well as familiar seeing it that young but usually in teens and it's it's classified by you know um a lot of fatigue i think i mean i think emily's case was extreme like an extreme case and and, and so that wasn't yeah. mono but mono may have led to or triggered to you know the the other condition that she described but um it, it can be tracked by saliva so sometimes they refer to it as you know a kissing disease but I remember in high school when kids had mono you know you definitely didn't want to share drinks or share food because that's how it got passed and it could be very contagious but you know they you spend some time in quarantine and your body heals and you move on so you know Emily definitely wow you had a brush there but all that you went through, it definitely did set the stage for, you know, as they say, every setback sets the stage for an even better comeback. And I really feel like that experience when you're young, you know, 
did set the stage for you to be an overcomer and just really tackle anything ahead of you. A hundred percent. And, and I also want to reference and, and thank you for mentioning, um, you know, listeners wondering what it was. It, it really did start from strep throat. Started from okay, strep yeah. throat. I had, mm-hmm. yeah. So I ha- I already had a weakened immune system. Um, I had the swollen glands and the fever and the rash and the fatigue, um, it, which led into mono. And then when mono, when you're hit with mono, your immune system literally shuts down. You're out of commission. So um, the other things just started piling on. And um, yeah, that was that was. That was a difficult time for my entire family. We were going to put an elevator in my home to help me uh, move up and down the stairs. Um, and, you know, it was, it was really difficult because it was a time in my life where I wasn't, I remember quite a bit. Um, I was going through, you know, almost puberty at the time, and I had to have my Hello? Are, are we still there? Oh, sorry about that. Yeah. Yep. Something happened. I don't know. I'm still here. Something really happened. Okay. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was just kind of a time in my life that I really do reference, and it gets me through the difficult, the difficult um, periods, the the harder days. So. All right. So yeah, fast um, forward. Oh, go no, ahead, Katie. No, I just want to jump in because she she said something that really hit me because I was. It, when when you bring back up anything that's painful, and Emily, you don't have to feel bad about that. You know, it it does. You do have to go there to speak it, because it's a memory that you lived. And you know, a lot of people have an interest, in, as as well as our listeners, and as well as Dad and I. But it's okay to to feel that pain because uh, that was a rough time in your life, and you don't have to say you know you feel bad about it because that was something that you really had a hard time getting through. So I, I can definitely identify with that because, you know, with the life I've had and people are, are, are asking, and it's like, yeah, don't take it for granted, my response, because, you know, I'm pulling up a memory that was really painful. And when you ask me yeah. to be in detail, yeah, you really got to go to that. So I just wanted to refer to that because I really appreciate you opening up like that on the show. And I know our listeners Absolutely. as well as that. Yeah, thank you. Well, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and touching base onto those raw, vulnerable moments, um, you know, it kind of brings you back to that time and you just kind of have to grit through it because you never know what can shape other people and what can influence other people. And um, I'm not I'm not a trendsetter. I don't set the example oh, yes, for I, I, in, I mean, ask me a few more questions and you guys will sit back and be like, oh, my gosh, I had no idea she was like that. Um, but I just, you know, I, I, trust me, I'm a character. I'm a character. But um, well, we're I, so. I, I that's listen, what we like. Yeah. I do listen to, you know, other people's journeys and their stories. And, um, you know, oftentimes I don't share my own not because I'm a private person, but because I don't think it's worthy of uh, sharing. But some things like that, um, it could it could influence someone in a positive direction, perhaps change a few moments of their life in the better. So I'm very happy to to discuss something like that. Well, that's fantastic. I mean, and that's, that's, I mean, this is real talk. So we definitely want the real story. And, and your story is definitely important whether you know you think so or not I mean as being in the public relations industry that's something I always tell my clients is like you might know something and you might say it a million times to your peers around you but the majority of people have never heard it so it's all new to them and like you said you just don't know what's going to shape somebody so definitely glad Mm -hmm. that you shared that aspect of it Um, and so I am going to fast forward us past that part though because okay so that's younger years although it spanned a good number of years of your life but then where Mm -hmm. did you get to the point in your life where you decided that you were interested in lifting weights and or bodybuilding how did that part progress um it's interesting because it really it it did start right after uh i i got better and um when I went into my high school years, 
um, when you recover from such a physical illness, your body takes shape of almost like a thoroughbred horse. You have a clean slate. I had many doctors come to me and say, um, this is what the body does when you get over something like that. Um, they had referenced cancer patients growing their hair back and they had the healthiest hair that they've ever had in their life. Um, so when I kind of grew into my body, um, I started playing varsity sports very young, sixth, seventh grade. And um, it kind of Whoa. propelled me into, yeah, it was, I had to get special permission. It was, it was very, it, it was, you know, I just kind of hit the ground running literally. Um, I played, uh, I got a full scholarship to play division one lacrosse. I had, um, I think 24 full rides that I could choose from. Um, and I, yeah, it was, it was very exciting. It was a very exciting time. I, it was the first time in my life where I didn't feel robbed and that, that sounds terrible, but when I was nine years old, I didn't understand why I couldn't walk. So Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. that, I didn't get it. I was just a baby. And I looked at people and I'm like, why can they do it? And I can't. So, um, you know, when I started playing lacrosse, I was like, man, I just, this suits me. This, I feel it. I can feel it in my bones. And I played um, division one lacrosse and then I played on the world cup team. So when it came to bodybuilding, I said, I said, look at you. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it was it was great. It was great. It was a really a really fun time um during my college years. So when I started um being interested in lifting weights, it was not as appealing as it is now in the industry. So now I find in the industry women who lift weights are sexy and they're beautiful and um they're not considered manly anymore, but in my college years you picked up a 45 pound plate and, you know, did anything with it. It was, um, I wouldn't say frowned upon, but to the opposite sex, it, you know, it wasn't as appealing as it is now on social media. So, um, you know, that was a struggle I had during college, but I really enjoyed weightlifting. Um, I just found tremendous strength that I didn't know I had. And, uh, it was funny to kind of um, go into my adult years and have children and realize that I needed that competition back. I needed um, something for myself, which I think is very important for everyone. Um, And then I started bodybuilding after I had my son and I had no idea what I was doing. I tried to read books. I tried to uh, do the yeah, do the right things, and everything I did was wrong, but, man, it felt right. So I just kind of did what I wanted to do, and, um, yeah, you know, I just picked up the weights, and I was like, people are like, oh, aren't you doing legs? Why are you doing abs? And I'm like, man, I'm resting. Leave me alone. So, you know, anyone who knows me, that is true. I do it to this day. Nothing I do is nothing I do is organized. I'm just kind of spacey. Yeah. I just, you know, I just kind of do it. So, you know, that's, that's where I started. I started in college with my strength and conditioning coach, um, who I still fear to this day and, uh, in a good way, of course. And right, right. He was a massive man, football player, just just scares me. Um, and yes. So it was, it was a great time. And that's, that's how I started bodybuilding. Um, and believe it or not, shocker, I started as bikini. <laughs> and I know, you know, that doesn't surprise yeah. me, though. <laughs> I, I wish me. I had, like, a blooper video of me. Um, I respect bikini girls, like, through and through. Those bikini girls, they have the most competition um, on this stage, the stage is staffed every single time, and it's just, you know, I, I had no idea what I was doing. So I started out as bikini just to check the box, and, you know, it was a bucket list sort of thing for me. And then I realized, oh, my God, I have all these abs, and I can do all these things, but I don't know what to do with them. Um, and then I yeah. found my coach, John Gorman, and he kind of just steered me in the right direction. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, 
it, the thing that I love, and I, I learned this from, you know, hanging out with Ryan Doris because he was really active and basically had stopped the sports and, and then kind of figured out, you know, that adrenaline, he was addicted to the adrenaline. He loved the adrenaline and the endorphins. And so he had to get something to get active again, and that was when he went into bodybuilding. And then he got into powerlifting. But it was just that, that loss, and I think people forget, you know, when we're so active, why it does, you know, drive us so crazy to just be sedentary and, and get into something mundane. We, we, we were born to be active, and we proved it in our youth, and then for some reason we, we set it down. And, you know, that like life happens, I get it but we need to pick it up at some point because it's a part of who we are. So if we put it down, we're basically putting ourselves in a closet what to be used for later use or at a later date. And I always used to mm-hmm. laugh at that because for everybody that was, that said, you know, they could just put it down, they did, and, and they really believed they could, but at some point they started doing other things, and sadly a lot of them it, it turned to, uh, you know, drugs and stuff like that. But most of the time it was, you know, just getting into a habit that you knew was going to sustain your life. And I think that's what you were looking at, like, hey, you know, there's got to be something better than this, so I'm going to do it. And now, how is it going to go in the future, you know, especially dealing with what we're dealing with now, because I know a lot of people are dealing with that mental strain of not getting to the gym, not getting their fix is what I would call it, and, you know, the home Mm -hmm. workouts just aren't enough for them. So what, what do you have? in the future for yourself, and what do you recommend for the people that are struggling right now? Oh, I I couldn't even tell you. Um, The struggle bus for every single person and athlete and um, business owner and people of America are just on that hamster wheel right now. And they're just – you're right. They do need that fix. And I think – Temporarily, uh, finding ways to get that fixed is very, very healthy, not becoming too um, complacent with bad habits is very important. But I think first and foremost is setting small goals every single day to pinpoint your physical health and your mental health and doing something for yourself. And Mm -hmm. I think it's so, so important that when people are staying at home and they're thinking, oh, the world's going to end. I can't go to the store, but I got to go to the store, but I, I, I got to go to the store and I can't bring my kids. Um, or even people, athletes who are in prep, athletes who have been dormant and sitting still for the last two years, and they say, this is my year to compete. And they're in the middle of prep and they got the wind knocked out of their sails and they're sitting here and they're stewing and they're pissed. They're, excuse my language, they're upset and they feel like no, they've they been robbed of of their opportunity. Yeah. I, I think it's so important to sit back and realize, you know, my husband said it to me today. He said, there's nothing that you can do, but stay positive to move forward. So if that, those aren't superficial words, those are things where you have to take ownership and you sit down and you say, okay, what makes me happy? Well, I like to sit in the bath for three hours until the water gets cold. Go do it. What makes me happy? (laughs) You know, <laughs> two birds one stone let me go grab my dog go for a run um let me go play with my kids and i think setting small tangible relatable realistic goals um is the healthiest way for you to keep your sanity for you to maintain until you can get back to normal life because right now it's not normal and i think it's very important no. to Honestly, lower the expectations a little bit because I am the type of person that sets enormous expectations for myself. And because I can't Mm -hmm. reach those and I have barriers and blockades literally in front of me, I'm very hard on myself. And I sit down and I say, um, I start to worry and I start to let the demons get to me and I start to, you know, look at myself and I'm like, man, you're getting soft. Why are you getting soft? This and this and this. So, um, wake up every day, set tiny, tiny little baby goals. If you reach them, awesome. If you don't, set a new one and just realize that every single person is struggling and finding comfort in that should help you. And I don't like to say that because it sounds like I'm dwelling 
on this mass hysteria. But I think it's very important for people to understand that you're not alone. If you're having an issue, someone else is having it. The best thing that you can do is not be counterproductive, but say, this is in my control. And I can either sit here and be defeated and feel defeated and do unhealthy and make unhealthy choices, or I can do something about it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and that that is really a fantastic attitude to have. And I hope that that carries on to all of the folks that are listening. And, you know, I totally agree that, you know, you do what you can with what you have. And, you know, just one example of how people are trying to make do in this time, especially from a promoter perspective is, yeah, they are either canceling their shows if they have to um, or they're postponing their shows. But then also uh, Kent Byerly with the NAMBF is an example. He's holding an online competition. It's called the Online American Championship Pro-Am. So I don't know, Emily, maybe that'll be an opportunity for you. But uh, I know that uh, Kaylin and I have been asked to judge that, but it's going to be based solely on photos. So, um, wow. you know, this, yeah, it, and, and I'm not exciting. even going to get into it is exciting. It is exciting. And um, so, and I, I can't really share all the ins and outs, but uh, I'll have to share the um, link for the competition on the uh, uh, Real Talk with Desiree and Kaylin Facebook page. But, I mean, just like you said, setting goals, making changes, having the right attitude, and just rocking and rolling with the resources that you have. And that's totally, you know, what Kent's doing, what you're doing, and so I think that is commendable for sure. So thank you for just reminding us of all of those things, because I hadn't even really thought about that until I was listening to you talk. So, and I'm still I'm still thinking about you as as a bikini gal competitor stepping on stage for oh the first God. time. And I, and I'm just, I'm just wondering, like, were you feeling bikini or were you just like, no. I'm doing this bikini, but this doesn't really feel like me. And so then did you move to figure next or did you just go, bam, women's physique and that's I mean, me? Or was it a steady progression? I fake it to make it. I had to look up makeup tutorials and I am, I'm just a quintessential boy. And I was like, okay, got the heels. I'm going to be awkward, but I've been told to practice in the house. So I did my due diligence. Um, The judges placed me third as a favor. They were like, you look like a bag of rocks up there. And I just didn't know. I just literally was just like a baby deer. I don't think it was a favor. Oh, they just told me, they were like, you are in the wrong division. And they were like, we don't want you to quit. Like, we don't want you to think that this is a complete rejection. Um, And it was, you know, it it, it was very awkward for me. And, you know, I'd be happy to send my walk video because it's gross, you guys. It's turn and then the (laughs) oh, and then the, oh, my. It's really bad walk. You can't be there. Oh, it's, it makes me, you know, vomit in my mouth, but, um, (laughs) I've had, it's, it's so awful. It's ugly. Um, so when I went into the next step, my husband was like, I'm going to hook you up with this guy, John Gorman, blah, blah, blah. Um, and John is the type of person that you have to, earn the trust. You have to prove it to him. You can't just send him photos of abs all over your body. Um, you know, he's seen, he's seen it all. He's seen all the athletes in the world. So, um, you know, when I initially sent him my photos, um, I was like, you know, I think I want to do figure. He's like, we'll see. And I'm like, okay. And when (laughs) I had met him for the very first time, Um, I really respect how he handled it. He kind of just, you know, gave me a big bro hug. And at that time I was in deep prep with him. And I said, you know, I, I I think I might be physique, but I, I don't know. And when he had first initially met me, he took my husband in the other room and was like, you didn't tell me she looks like that. And he was like, we're going to be doing physique. So I went from bikini straight into physique um, 
and again, I'm just, I'm just like a little virgin in this industry. And I just did what he told me. And I had a lot of fun. And I did not know anything. I didn't do my research. I literally just went in the gym. It was my playground. And um, John and I, uh, you know, I earned my pro card. And then I earned my pro, I won my pro debut. And then the next year, um, you know, was this year. And I actually competed in four competitions. Mm. It was, it was, it was a big year for me. 2019 was the year of Emily. I'll say it was, it was (laughs) the triumph, the trifecta of, of my life. So I just kind of fast forwarded. I went to, I did bikini, um, did it right after my son was born. And then, I did my first physique competition uh, right after my daughter was born. So, yeah, oh, the babies oh. and then the competitions. <laughs> that, oh, that's my. a pretty good schedule for sure. Now, now, <laughs> my goodness, I'm, I'm having a hard time trying to even balance that out in my mind. How was that? It's a lot. How supportive was your husband to make all that happen? How, I'm sorry, how supportive was he, did you say? He was supportive. It's it's very, I will say, hats off to all of these spouses, boyfriends, whatever you are in that athlete's life, who is their sidekick. Because I tell you, um, they get the brunt of it. You know, honey, uh, you know, how do my progress pictures look? Can you take pictures of me when you come home? Um, hey, I got to I gotta go shave up before I take these pictures. Um, can you get the kids out of, you know, the photos? Or I want to try on this new bikini. He's very supportive, but the best thing about it is that he does not compete. He's a normal person. He just sits there, <laughs> he claps, he stays quiet. Um, it's just, it's really great. He just kind of... Um, you know, he supports me. He doesn't, he doesn't pressure me in any way, shape, or form. He doesn't make me feel bad because I'm in prep. So if I cook a meal for the family, um, you know, I have my meal prep. Or if I have to do posing practice or if I stay at the gym longer, um, it's just a well-oiled machine. So I would say, like, he's extremely supportive, but the best thing about it is it's mine. And it's not, you know, it's not his dream. He's not trying to ride on my coattails. And I think for a lot of relationships, it takes a huge strain on the relationship um, in some aspects. So I think balancing that and realizing, you know, that you can still date your husband, you can still date your wife while they're on prep um, is important. You just have to prioritize. So That's he's, an he's super supportive. Thing. I like that. Yeah, it's, it's it's hard. Trust me. When I got down to 7% body fat, he was like, um, it's getting a little wonky over here. You're starting. I, I kid you not. I was in the grocery store and I didn't want to see any humans. So I went to the self checkout and it, the scanner, the little bleep bleep wasn't working. And I straight looked at him and I said, I can't be in public right now. And I tried to scan my item again, and I said, I, I got I to walk out to the car. I can't be in public. I'm about to snap. And he just looked at me, and, you know, he didn't, he didn't give me any grief about it, but those are moments where you're like, oh, my gosh, I, I, got, a little, I got a little crazy there. You know, and it happens, and and we talk about it. I've I've often said that you know I feel like I'm holding up pretty well <laughs> by the time it gets close to peak week, but uh, my coworkers and people around me will let me know that I'm not holding up as well as I thought. And sometimes it happens like that, but you know, at least you recognized it, and he recognized it, and he's like, "All right, babe, I'll check it out. <laughs> I'll check out the groceries. Yeah, it's, it's okay." okay. Yeah, you have those moments, and of course you apologize, and um, it's funny because you think you're acting completely normal, and you you know you know you're a little on edge, but you don't know you're a complete yeah. psycho, and you should be removed from public. And the worst <laughs> thing is, it's just like it's just like when you're pregnant, or even a woman going through her cycle. The men are like, "Oh, it's that time of month again," or 
you know, oh, it's those pregnancy hormones. And then you're like, what'd you say? It's the same. <laughs> Prep is the same. And, and I'm almost Don't glad try some to men chuck it up. that too. Yeah, they do. So it's, oh, for sure. Hey, hey, for careful, sure. careful. I know. <laughs> you know, it's true, but, but it's usually not. you have to ask, are you, are you sleepy? <laughs> did you not, <laughs> did you not eat lunch today? <laughs> what, what's yeah. going on? What happened? <laughs> it's I totally tell you, funny. It is, um. Holding up a little empire, I swear. We have a I, – I do think I'm a bona fide Allison in Wonderland because we have a, a mini farm. So I have a mini pig that lives, lives inside my house. I have a giant Aww. rabbit that gets up to, like, 20 pounds. So we have a, a farm. We have the two kids. We have the two businesses. So um, adding a prep to that is almost a lot to ask for. It's almost like um, – you know, not a lot to ask for, but it's difficult. It's difficult for you to take time for yourself, do something that you love. So I think a lot of relationships and families, um, you know, go go through those trials and tribulations. But, you know, as long as you can persevere, as long as you can get to the end of your day, you should be okay. <laughs> right. That's right. So, I, I mean, you – Outside of the the shaky start with the bikini category that you weren't that you weren't quite fit for <laughs> okay. to begin with, um, I mean you've had a very successful career. I mean you transitioned immediately out of a category that wasn't you to a category that was you, and you've just been basically on a winning streak from there. And uh, you know to win IPE World is no small feat. It it's not yeah, that at all. Um, that is a big one. Um, and actually, not that I'm trying to encourage you to switch um, organizations, because I'm not, but I think it would be fantastic to see you at the Natural Olympia and be on that international stage. I think that would be great. But that's aside. That's just an opinion. So all of you NAMBFers and IPEers out there, I'm not trying to steal your girl. I'm not trying to steal your girl. I'm just saying I'm just saying, I think that I would, would be I would great love to, to do that. Yeah, I would, so I would check love it out. to do that. It would, I definitely will. I definitely will. So, but I guess, I guess the question is, when you've had such a charmed career, where do you go from here? I mean, I'm sure you and your coach have identified areas you still want to improve on, but, uh, you know, where do you see yourself going from here? Um, actually natural Olympia, it's funny you say that, um, natural Olympia. <laughs> so the, my, my pipe dream, I know just, she got that one in there. Um, but my pipe dream, um, and just something that is just the first things that come out of my mouth, natural Olympia. And I do want to shoot for my ISBB pro card, um, shot in the dark, but I'm shooting for it. Um, but we will see. It's just, I, I have, uh, you know, I have dreams, I have goals and aspirations, but I think that those two things are next on my bucket list. Discussing it with my coach, um, you know, John takes things in stride. He takes uh, very calculated steps towards reaching a goal. He thinks about um, the big picture in smaller increments. So let's get through this week. Let's get through this month. Let's see where you're at at this point. So um, I think in my mind, I might be shooting um, outside of reality, but that is just kind of, that's, that's what I would like to see next. I, I want to stay natural. So when I say ISBB, people always say, um, well, what if you did win uh, your pro card? What if, you know, what if that happened? I want to stay natural. That is something I believe in as a woman, as a mother. I want to stay natural. I think is, you know, I'm going to be stepping on toes here. I think it's honorable. I think it's respectable. I think it's the truth. I think walking on stage, ah, see, I'm going to, I'm going to put my foot in my mouth. I think I do not speak about this because there, when it comes to the natural and unnatural side of this sport, you know, it gets hairy, gets fishy. People, people take offense to things, but I think for me personally, my own opinion, something that I can own, and I'm not pointing my finger in judgment of someone else. Um, sure. Staying natural. Well, you for won't me step on any toes important. on this. 
um, this program because that's that's what we're all about. So we're totally with you, sister. Yeah, I I do appreciate it. I feel I feel more comfortable being on stage with um, the least elements added to an athlete that or, or advantages. Um, and, you know, getting further and further into this sport and this industry, I oftentimes find myself uh, just shutting up because, you know, everyone does it, they say. And, you know, if well, I could win my pro card, <laughs> for sure, for sure, for sure. So if I, for the, for the next step for me, if I could win my pro card and ICB, that would be really just really awesome for me. Would I take it a step further and actually compete on a pro stage ICB? No. Um, for one, I cannot get my body there naturally to compete with that caliber of an athlete. Um, so I think, you know, natural Olympia would be amazing. Even if I did bodybuilding, IPE, or another organization, um, my inception was it was on an IPE stage. So I'd like to stick with them. But again, I'm, I'm really open to open arms to other elements of this sport. Um, Cause it's really the only thing I have for myself. I'm a mother. I run my own business. I have animals out the wazoo. My life never stops. So, um, you know, I can't even go to the bathroom on my own. So when I do compete <laughs> and I'm in prep, it's, it's really just mine. So it's, it's kind of nice. So I think like the next step for me is just waiting until the coronavirus simmers down and the gym's open and the sun yep. shines again. So. Yeah. Well, here, here's the thing. And, and, you know, this is real talk and, and Des and I really believe in, in the natural side. And I have an, an angst, with everything that I know because I was brought in on that side simply because of all the people that were naturals. And I put that in air quotes because they clearly weren't, but Mm -hmm. you know, they were going to these quote unquote natural shows. And so when I was backstage and I saw the needles and I saw the stuff that was going on, I I was mortified. I mean, it, it was, it was just horrific to see. And then you know, I, I mean, like, I, I think God just showed me the worst case scenario for every everything that was going on. Because, you know, even to a person, uh, you know, losing their life backstage and basically the show's still going. And I wanted nothing to do with bodybuilding because I said, if this is what sports is in this arena, then I want nothing to do with it because I grew up in sports. And granted, we had rivalries and we had, you know, teams that were just like the you-must-win kind of thing, but it was never to the level of wanting someone injured, hurt, or, or you know, it, it, you know any, anything negative. I wanted everybody at their best, and I wanted to be at my best, and I still wanted to be the best of the best because that's what I considered competition. So to see, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of arena, it, it really sickened me. I must say, and and so you know, when when you say that you know you you're getting off stage with people you know, I mean, I never considered getting on 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 a sports field against a bunch of enhanced people. It was never even a thought until I had come around bodybuilding. So it was something that my mind just wasn't connecting, and I wasn't really finding any thing good about it because of my mother being so involved with nursing and my dad being so involved with uh, the police force. So there was a lot of negatives going into that. And I thank God that uh, Mike Newman had introduced me and uh, JoJo and, and, and John Abraham had introduced me to the natural side of competition because then it all started making sense. And, then, you know, like for me, sports is, is, is a sport of the best finding a new level of better. And then you find the best part of that and then you improve. And, you know, I, I, that's what sports has always meant. So, when I was talking about the enhanced, it really hurt to see the damage being done for the appearance of a, a structure. It's almost like a straw house. And you say, well, if you paint it so good, you know, it can almost look like a real house. Then I said, then just give me the real house. It's almost like when people tell me, well, it tastes like chicken. I said, then just give me the chicken. 
I'd be happy mm-hmm. with that. So, you know, I, I appreciate what you're saying, but you don't have to feel any shame or, or remorse about it because, you know, if, if we're talking about true competition, you don't damage your body in that process. I mean, I've been dinged up in sports, you know, bumping myself, getting strawberries and football and stuff like that. But, you know, what's intentionally harming myself to improve is the oxymoron. So I never really, really understood that. And I, I just wanted to get that out there because, you know, I, I don't want you to feel like you're on un, uncommon ground because we speak about this quite a bit. And, uh, you know, whether we're out at shows or just speaking on this one. And I'm off of my rant, Dad. I seem to do it every show. Gosh darn it. But anyhow, back to you. I I see I it's refreshing. It's refreshing because I'm very opinionated on it and going further and further this past prep, I was on a thirty nine week prep, which was not bad at all. Um, but it really made me learn quite a bit. Um I did one NPC show which was um night and day different from the natural side of things. Night and day. And the athletes that I met they, uh, the athletes that were on stage with me, it was a huge eye-opener, and I'm learning so much. And I oftentimes keep my opinion to myself because, um, you know, it's what they choose to do. That's your life. That's what you want to do. That's how you want to look. That's how you want to get a W. But in the back of your mind, um, if you believe that you got it the right way, the fair way, um, then that's <clears throat> – that's something you should be proud of if you take enhancements and you come out on top and you feel good about it. Um, you know, I, I can't be the one to take that from you. That is your belief system. And, uh, but for me, I, I feel very strongly that when I step on stage, we are all virgin bodies up there. And it's really whoever worked the hardest, yeah. um, whether in the gym or on their diet, we all cheat. We are humans, but it is, it's an honor to drink the Kool-Aid and to be a nerd and to just sit there and look at the girl next to you and look at the girl, you know, right and left to you. And you just sit there and you're like, you know what? We're all drug tested. We're all polygraphed. And it feels really awesome to know that if I win this show, it is because I worked the hardest, not what I put into my body to, gain those results. And I, I don't want to say that, but it's, you know, when you're around such a huge industry and you're at the gym and you meet so many different people and, you know, they make decisions to take certain elements to enhance their physique. Well, um, well, let me ask you this. Would, Would you feel bad if there was a heroin addict or a cocaine addict that was doing something? Wouldn't you feel the same? Oh, oh, yeah. So, I mean, um, why do you feel bad for saying this isn't right? I mean, like, you're beating yourself up on a a point that you're actually valid in saying and doing. I I think it's because I have, uh, you know, my my gym rats, my gym goers, my friends in the gym, and um, they take things and, you know, you know, people, people talk all the time in the gym, and um, many people will say, uh, you know, if you do ICB pro or if you do, uh, not pro, but if you do NTC shows, you could build your backup and take this, or you could take one stroller. You can take, you know, all these things that I literally don't know anything about. I choose not to know anything about. And, um, you know, it's just second nature. It's just another language to them. And they, you know, that's just kind of what they want to do, but, I just kind of sit back and I just throw my hands up in the air and I put my head down and I just do the work. And at the end of the day, some of those athletes think you're on the same level as them. So if we put in, mm-hmm. you know, the same amount of work, it's really not. As a natural athlete, we have to do more because we have more working against us. Men, women, um, when you re- reach a cer- certain age, you know, you're a man, you reach 35, you can't go take a test shot um, unless it's prescribed. You can't, a woman who can't get the last eight pounds off when she's trying to reach her peak week, she can't go take fat burners. 
Um, you just can't. You can't beat that test, and you re, you shouldn't have to try. You have to actually put in the work. So it's difficult because you have friends in the industry, and everyone has friends who talk, and sometimes opinions are not welcome. And opinions, I'm, I'm a very strong one. Anyone who knows me knows that if I feel a certain way, I will speak my mind, but I'm not here to change the world. I try to lead by example. The example is not always good, but um, I would love to stay in the natural world. I just, I think it's fair. I think it's very fair. I think it's very real, transparent. And uh, you're working with fellow athletes who are doing the same thing as you. It's gym and diet, and that's it. Yep. And, you know, and I can, and I can totally respect that, you know, just as the Bible says, be in the world, but not of the world. And, you know, you can show still respect for human beings, even when you don't agree with their choices. So totally get Mm -hmm. it. Totally get it. And uh, I'm actually going to kind of break, (laughs) break our mood that we've got going on right here and move us to a total different direction that has nothing to do with anything that we're talking about other than it relates to you and natural bodybuilding. So Sorry, guys. I know we had that serious vibe, but where time is running down, so I, I'm I'm moving us along. Um, and I I want to know what your two businesses are because I'm wondering if it has anything to do with animals. Because right now I'm just really intrigued about the leopard print that you have tattooed across your. Not a tiger. <laughs> <laughs> I, I my bottom. It's it's a very sexy yeah. tattoo. Um, yeah, weird. It's my only tattoo. It's, it's very, I had a man in Roll King ask me if he could take a picture of it. And I was like, oh, you're so weird. Um, I, so the business that we have, this is, this is almost like the bikini side of me, the like weird side of Emily. Um, I am, I run a home decor business, so I do everything that you could see on Pinterest. And it's so weird because I'm not girly at all. Like, I'm the biggest tomboy, but in front of me, I'm, like, looking at, like, roses and peonies and these things. But So I run home decor, <laughs> and um, I pretty much just tell people I make your inside, the inside of your home look pretty. My husband runs a hardscape business where he builds, um, you know, extra, extravagant pools and brick paver patios. So it is, it's, we're all over the place. So the tattoo actually has nothing to do. With anything, I was just like, I want a leopard tattoo. And there it was. <laughs> and I was like, I wanted to look like someone lit a fire of a leopard up my body. There's no explanation for it. So it's just, it's, it's <laughs> weird. But yeah. I think, I think you got it. I think you got it. It captures your creative wild side along with your uh, uh, Spider-Man posing suit that you had on in the pictures that I'm looking at here. This this must have been just last fall at IPE World. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Amazing, Liz Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. That was um, – I think I told you that, that uh, at a prior show. Chicago, yes, yes. Yes. That suit was very uh, – Muscle Dazzle was where I got the suit from. And um, – that suit, I can't tell you. It was a fantastic look, fits great, rides up on my booty. So my mom actually, funny story, really quick. She Velcroed, she sewed Velcro into the bottom of the suit. Then I super glued, I super glued the other end of the Velcro onto my butt cheeks and then oh. placed the suit on my bottom. Swear it. It rides right up. And I, my mom was like, we got to fix this. And I was like, go, girl. Yeah, you got it. She just, that's a lot of glue to, oh, to yeah. cover there for the parts that you were trying yeah. to cover. So. <laughs> it burns, it burns, but it was worth it. Oh, yeah. my gosh. And then how did you get it off? That's that's what we got to know. Oh, here's the tricks of the trade. So if there's anybody out there that's thinking about super gluing Velcro to their buns, here's, here's the trick, getting it off. So how did that work? I mean, I just let that take its course. So I was like, I mean, women, we have, we've birthed, you know, we've, we can handle pain. I just slowly ripped it. So like the spray tan helps by like, like slowly, 
And like, you know, I just, I slowly ripped it off. So I had two um, massive welts on my, my butt, but you got to do what you got to do. So (laughs) that's right. That's right. Because the suit is important and it, you had a good fit. It fit. It didn't ride up. It looked smooth. So I say it, it was worth it. You pulled it off. And obviously the whole package came together because you took away first place. And, you know, in IPE world, I mean, that is not some little shanty show for anybody out there who is is wondering. I mean, there are so many phenomenal physiques that show. And, you know, NAMBF IPE, if you've been paying close attention to the organizations, the IPE tends to come in, I feel, and Kaylin and Emily correct me if, uh, if I'm wrong, but they tend to be a little bigger, maybe not bigger, but definitely harder, a little shreddier than other organizations, especially as it trickles down the line. So I feel like Bikini is definitely bigger and shreddier than other organizations, and I feel like each subsequent class after that just kind of follows suit. So, I mean, you definitely had a phenomenal package that you brought to the stage. And, and I mean, I don't know, guys, am I wrong? Is IPE not a little harder than other organizations, or what do you think as far as a look? Um, I I think so, to be honest with you. Um, and, and, you know, Kaylin, uh, if, if you agree with that, then I, I'm kind of honored because I, I would prefer to come in with the, the strong man over there. But, um, you know, as <laughs> that organization represents the harder look or the more condition, um, yes. you know, that just means that you're bringing the best of the best athletes to that world stage. So, I'm not positive. I can't give you a positive answer on that, but I do know that the girls that okay. did show up on stage, they were shredded, which was awesome. Yes. Made me work harder. No, yeah, yeah, I agree. But the thing that I, I'd also like to put in there is they like the fuller muscle as well. Um, yeah, yeah. Because I, I felt like a lot of these organizations are downsizing for the point of symmetry and shredded, and you know, it, it's we're getting a lot of kickback or crackback what they call it now is as far as you know being basically a dieters competition instead of a a bodybuilding competition so to see someone like you getting on stage it's very rewarding because you bring size symmetry and 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 the cut and i i I truly enjoyed it i told you the last time i seen anyone of of your size as far as muscles was korean peril and that's been almost a decade ago so you know how long we've been hungering for somebody like you so, you know, when, when you step on stage, I don't think of any Midwest IPE show where you're going to do well uh, because everybody is, it's from the Midwest has been representing uh, body, natural bodybuilding so well. And it's basically just commonplace in your region to have that mm-hmm. kind of competition on uh, just about every stage that uh, is the NANBF or the IPE. So yeah, I, I'm definitely giving a hand clap to you because that's that's awesome that you can win consistently. Uh, like I said, when I saw you in Chicago, it was amazing, and then you look even better uh, down there in in, the, in that region. It was just amazing to see. So you know, great job with that, and great job Thank with setting up age through competition because that's it's not easy to do. It's it's a it's a lot. I mean, it's a lot. You walk on stage, and you know that's why you compete. You you want to compete to um, be the best version of yourself, and that fuller look is definitely there in ITE. Um, and I, I do see from bikini to figure to physique and bodybuilding, uh, you do have a fuller look instead of being just all diet. So I think um, mm-hmm. ITE definitely represents the bodybuilder aspect of it, which is it's kind of an honor because I believe that that is why I do this. I'm not sure another organization would be a good fit for me if it was just strictly diet because there are elements that I just simply can't control. One being I get extremely lean very, very quickly. Um, I can gain Mm -hmm. muscle while I lean, which is kind of an anomaly in this sport. So I think IPE, um, you know, Kaylin has seen this throughout the years. It's, it's a good fit for any athlete, um, who represents those elements and they just have mm-hmm. fuller muscles and um, have, have that 
stage presence. There you go. And there you have it. And and definitely, if you can put on muscle while you're leaning down, I would love to have that because I do not have that. <laughs> but, I mean, that is fantastic. No and your body I... is responding exactly the way you said. I mean, even after your illness, it just can said, boom, I'm ready to perform. So yeah. take me for a test it drive. Cool. And that's what after, it's doing. After... Yeah. After the kids, I also had two C-sections. So, um, oh my, those, yeah, those surgeries, um, those surgeries are no joke. They rip your whole stomach open, your whole abdominal wall. So, um, fitness really helped me get back to uh, a great body and work through that scar tissue. And, um, you know, going to the world stage was such an honor. And I'm telling you, I cried on stage like a baby when I won and it was just, I did, I just lost it. It was so ugly. Um, but it was really just (laughs) the most, yeah. If you look at my face, you're like, Oh girl, that is not a cute cry. It was gross, but it was so beautiful. It was, it was well earned. (laughs) It was so vulnerable. I was like, Oh God, this this is happening. So, um, yeah, it was just, it was, I think what I think somebody's faxing in another order. <laughs> the business never stops, even when you're in a, a social distancing semi quarantine. <laughs> the world continues. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Shoot. Well, Stacy, I just you know what? I keep calling you Stacy. Emily, you know you've got two first names. And it's just, I know, it's okay. It's just messing with me tonight. Yeah, you know, because but I am notorious for messing up a name to begin with, especially when it comes to pronunciation. And then you jump on my show with easy to pronounce names, but you have two first names. And even though I've been calling you Emily most of the night, I know I've called you Stacy a couple of times too. So, you know what, guys? I know you okay. caught it. I'm just going to throw it out there. I apologize. This is why Kaylin avoids saying names. <laughs> He doesn't do the things that I do. I have to learn yeah, to follow his example. Okay. And I'm just going to be like, hey, you on the other end. <laughs> Go ahead. Yep. What do you guys just say? Oh, I'm going to stop saying names. <laughs> I'm okay anyway, with it. Anyway, okay thank you. Thank you. Your grace is as big as your personality. I have a totally thank enjoyed you. having you on the show tonight. And KP, give her a woot-woot if you have to. Well, I, I just want to say that I know that John was really proud of her at both events, and I got to talk to him, and it's good to see when a coach is happy with the progress that the, that he's seeing. That means everything worked out fine, and I know we don't say it enough as uh, coaches and trainers, but I just want you to know on behalf of him that he was really proud with your look, and he was very uh, braggadocious about you. So you know you did well. That that makes me happy because I will say one thing about John, uh, we we have a one or two word conversation back and forth, mm-hmm. and it, you know I <laughs> so I, I know. Never, I'll never forget I I said to him at World I took my jacket off and I hadn't seen my physique in a month, um, I I did it mentally I just dressed down in the dra- in the gym and I had not seen what I looked like. And I got all pumped up and I looked at him and, and I was so scared and I said John how, how do I look. He, he was patting me down. He said, Emily, if I have nothing to say to you, it means I have nothing wrong with how you look. And that was it, man. So to hear that he was proud of me, that's, that's, that's all I needed because I don't require praise. I don't need praise. He gives me one-word responses back. I give him one word. So to hear he was proud of me, that's a great thing for me to hear. So I appreciate that. Well, that is fantastic, fantastic. So – with that being said, guys, we are at the end of our show. Um, again, apologize for the rocky start. Emily, thanks so much for being flexible and dialing back in and spending this time with us, even though we're way over time. Um, you know, I think this is a fantastic. And for everyone who downloads the show after today. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if we can, but it feels like it. But I know well, anybody it. who uh, listens Listen to the replay is going to be very pleased that uh, you were able to jump on and hang out with us today. So thank you. 
Thank you guys so much. Thanks, Emily. All right, KP, snickerdoodle shout out. Hey, I know she'll be even more full when she gets that snickerdoodle. <laughs> so on behalf of Emily Stacy or Stacy Emily, whatever you want to call her, you will get it right. <laughs> oh and uh, women's physique <laughs> and uh, two-word reinforcements from your coach, uh, the boys from P4P Muscle, Kaylin, and myself. Your body is a temple. So let's build it.